Hey everybody, it's Lori. And this is Matt. And it's time for another episode of Teacher Saves, Saves World. Why can't you be more like my stapler? Keeping my papers together. Why aren't you doing your part? Let my life fall apart. Welcome to another episode of the Teacher Saves World podcast, the gathering place for parents and teachers that are trying to save the world one teenager at a time. We are Lori and Matt Jones, married high school teachers and parents of two teens, and we'll be your hosts for today's show. Please take a moment to hit that subscribe button and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All of this information and more can be found at teachersavesworld.com. Also at teachersavesworld.com, you'll find a link to Matt's book on Amazon, Helping Teens Succeed in High School and Life, the perfect guidebook for any parent or teacher working with teenagers. We're also proud to be a part of the School Rubric Community, an exciting hub for educators from around the world that want to inspire and be inspired. You can find out more at schoolrubric.com. On today's episode, we're talking about... Why do we teach? Why, why did we go into this? Oh, why do we sign up? That's, that's a really simple, complex question all in one. Why? <laughs> we're going to stop and ask why. Oh, I love and it. And we have a reason why. I need to. We have a reason why we're asking why. Yeah. Because sometimes we need to go back to why. Yeah. Why? But before we get to that, I want to take a moment to, uh, to, chat about my new favorite. Um, I might even go as far as to say my new celebrity crush. <laughs> is it a gay crush? It is totally a gay crush. Yeah. Uh, Jason yeah. Sudeikis is a new oh. show on Apple TV. And we just happened to like, the only reason we're watching is because I, after, I don't know how many years have I had the same phone? I had the same phone for like five years, six mm-hmm. years. And uh, it was finally just time for a new one. So I got a new um, iPhone and it came with like a year of, Apple TV. Yeah. And so Ted Lasso, the show Ted Lasso on Apple TV. Absolute, absolutely life affirming. What? Adorable. I, incredible. Like, and it's, it's not a show that I think a lot of people would, would naturally go to because it's about an American who goes over to England to coach a, a football club, you know, a so- soccer to us here in the States. And so the subject, you might think like, well, Eh, do I really want to watch a show? And it's a half hour show. And it's like, you know, we've been looking for a half hour show. Yeah, we need half hour shows. (laughs) Because we fall asleep every night. It's our nine-eye show. Uh, And I, I, like. He, okay, this is kind of what my thought. He is making nice cool again. Yeah. He is, his character is almost like a, what's the. I want to say the neighbor in Simpsons, the Flanders. No, Flanders. <laughs> yeah. Because he got the mustache. Yeah, he does. And the. Oh, he does. He just kind of Flanders. Quaffed hair. But it's genuine. Oh, totally. His kindness and his like optimism for life. Right. Is genuine. And he's also very human. Yes. Right. So he has these oh, moments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, and that was, we don't want to spoiler, but there's a moment where like, it's so touching and you're like, oh my God. Right. What's happening to him? Yeah. And but it, and it's a cast of funny characters, and you've got the jocks, right? This 
soccer club. Yeah. You've got uh, the the funny girlfriends, the women. You've got like a, yeah. you know, a tease of a romance. It's set in England, so I'm sold. That's anything set in time, time. anything in England. I yep. I want to watch. But he's yeah. very Midwest American. Yeah, he's from so. uh, I think Kansas. I think he'll, the character is from Kansas. He'll bring you know say these. Kansas isms or American isms yeah. and they'll all kind of look at them, but yeah. I, it's almost not doing the show justice how we're yeah. describing it. No. And I think, I think it is going to be one of those shows similar to, I am another, I'm a huge fan of Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. I think Groundhog Day is one of the most brilliant films ever. And it was one of those that sort of snuck in there and you go in because you're watching a Bill Murray comedy mm-hmm. and you walk out going, Whoa, did I just, did I just get like a, sh- should I apply for some college credit in like philosophy? Like yeah, I, sh- yeah. I, just, I just got a lesson. I'm changing right? my entire life right yeah. now. And, yeah. and, uh, and I actually, I, to this day, I use Groundhog Day as like a, I have a lesson built on Groundhog Day yeah. uh, every year. So every year in the early part of February, I, I pause whatever we're doing and we, and we watch and we do this whole thing on, on yeah. Groundhog Day. It's so brilliant. I might have to do something on Ted Lasso. Well, I, I think so. I I think it's it's kind of like that. Like it's one of those you know? that like it kind of sneaks in there as a sort of like little you know quirky comedy, but every episode you're just like whoa. Okay, there's a karaoke scene that like where you're like, oh. yeah. I mean, in many different ways, right? Between yeah. the singing, yeah. like gets there's a, a moment of singing where you're like, oh my, and you because yeah. karaoke usually is like poking fun. It's like drunk people and they're singing like an '80s song. Yeah. And then it's haha, but this one has a really beautiful moment in karaoke right. that leads to a really heavy moment, and and I think maybe the kids because of the soccer, like maybe our kids would buy in. Yeah, maybe. So like, do you need maybe, to be middle age to enjoy this? Uh, I I think kind of because it is sort of you know the yeah. adults grappling with with issues. There's some kind of. But sex, here was the funny thing was too. so we just took a chance on it because yeah. you know we need a half hour show. Yeah. And. Um, and I was like, what's this? Yeah. And so <laughs> I just like, you know, it was like 30 minutes, England. I was like, all right, click. It's worth at least yeah. one episode. And that first episode, I was just like, oh, this is awesome. Something's like, going on so, here. I was so grabbed by yep. it. And then we, then I was, uh, we were taking a little road trip and I was looking for some podcasts to listen to and came across, um, I'm blanking on her name, Brene Brown. Yeah. Brene Brown, like he, Brene Brown. Yeah, she's mega, like a, a mega disciple. Person. Yes, right? And so... In the self-help industry. Yes. You know, millions of books sold, um, you know, podcasts gets millions of lessons, whatever. And I'm just kind of scrolling through a bunch of different podcasts and she had a pod where she, she did an episode on Ted Lasso. Yeah. And I was like, and so she had Jason Sudeikis and... Uh, Oh, the, the guy other, who plays Coach Beard. Yeah, the other, I'm yeah. so blanking on his name. But um, he's like the co-creator of the show. And I apologize to that guy for not remembering his name. But Because uh, he's did, listening. Yeah, she, she did an entire <laughs> episode with, on, yeah. on the brilliance yeah. of Ted Lasso. It's also trending on Twitter. Like, this is, oh, is not it? like... It's not like our little secret. It's not, honey. I'm sorry. Okay. Like it's kind of like Shit's Creek, right? It's right. although this is coming out of the gate pretty strong. Shit's Creek had right. The, the kind of a burn. slow burn. Yeah, that was kind yep. of yeah. But it's people are getting it. Like, whoa, this is doing yeah. something to me. Yeah. You know, it's making you feel. And I bet. And you didn't expect to. The Apple, the Apple people are just oh, incredibly stoked. I mean, how many finally. subscriptions are being? Because Apple TV uh, right now doesn't have a whole lot. Like it doesn't. Uh, yeah. Doesn't, there's not a whole lot to. Yeah. You know, pull you into it, but. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Ted Lasso alone is worth whatever you, whatever the subscription fee you know, for. Because what do we need right now in life? We need kindness. We need some joy. We yeah. need some humanity. Yeah. We need some hope. Yeah. And that's, and, and humor. Yeah. It's all in there. Yeah. It's all in there. And you get to look at beautiful England. Yeah. If if Ted Lasso doesn't become one of your favorite people, I mean, yeah, he's a fictional character, but just, you know, you just, there are certain fictional characters you yeah. come across in your life, either in the books you read or the movies you watch or the TV shows. Yeah. And you're just like. Oh. He's adorable. And you just love, you know, visiting. And I'm so sad because we just watched episode nine and there's 10 episodes. Oh. And the. Of season and, one. On season one. Oh. And. Uh, um in the Brene Brown podcast, you know, she's a super fan and she was totally wanting, you know, wondering when the next season's going to come out and it's not going to be into like, maybe like August of 21, maybe. Oh, I think they gosh, said, yeah. So really? like, you have to like really wait a while. Well, I'll make popcorn when we watch the last episode. There we go. In my new popcorn maker. That'll be fun. We'll make it special. Yeah. And I'm not a binger. Like I, I like to kind of spread it out yeah you know so i'm kind of in no hurry to watch this last i mean i really want to watch it i want yeah. to see how everything wraps up but i i also i'm a mid-level binger i I'll i do don't two or three in a row that last episode there's also that sadness of like oh it's over. i know yeah well that'll be good that's why i don't understand bingers who just want to like well not all of and i would not never binge through the night but i'll but i would say I could watch two to three episodes, right, of a show I like yeah. as I'm working. And I think well, I that's a you know, mini binge. Well, yeah, that's, a, I guess, a mini binge. Yeah. Mini binge. <laughs> I just, I don't get the a people. I know, it's a minge. It's a minge. I don't get the people that, you know, like a, the second something drops, they will like watch all eight or 10 episodes. Well, like Stranger Things, or, you know, like there was people. they want to talk, yeah. There was people who were doing those kind yeah. of things. Well, first of all, I, just after about 9 p.m., I'm done. I, the day is done. I'm done. I think London came in and asked me a question about her quill, like her grammar yeah. website. At, yeah. And then she's well, like, even well, right now, always so tired. Right now, right now we are extra done. And I don't know if anybody noticed, but, you know, we had this heart and soul um, kind of trajectory going on. And, uh, and there was a moment during all of the school shutdown where we were like, we had like six to eight episodes, like, recorded i mean we were recording machines and then then school started and we've had the hardest time like finding the time yeah like the um so last week's episode we actually recorded yesterday and it will have come out like two days afterwards and oh. so this one we're just doing because it gives us a weak buffer like our life has become so so and busy we're not procrastinators no so this kind of I would say put stress on us, but it's, it's, oh, it's uh, a good stress, but it's a good stress, but you know, like on the weekends now we're trying to kind of catch up yeah. with the, our like household stuff, right? We're yeah. doing bedding today. I need to go visit my mom. I, yeah. you know, like, but then also on the weekends, we're also wanting to not just do housework. Yeah. Right. Because, because our weeks yeah. have become so incredibly just jam packed. Yeah. So, like Friday we went and got Mexican food and I ordered a margarita. There we go. That was nice. Yeah. I, I hardly ever do that. Yeah. Felt very fancy. You know, it was just the two of us. It was. The kids were busy and it was just the two of us. I know. Sitting outside. Sitting outside. It was really nice. Yeah. But, uh, so you're right. You're trying to find a, a re, the weekends need to be a blend of recharging. Yeah. Joy. Yeah. Productivity in the home. Mm -hmm. Cause you got to do the laundry and you got to go grocery shopping and that kind of yeah. stuff. 
And um, but we do get up early. I mean, Matt and I get up between we like do five thirty. Usually yeah. five thirty is a safe bet. Five five thirty. So when London comes in, like, why are you guys so tired? You know, well, <laughs> yeah, because you slept till ten. Yeah, like <laughs> we're just different. Yeah, we're different. <laughs> All right. So why do we teach? Ooh. Why do we teach? And and the reason we're coming back to this is. This has been a topic that I've been reading a lot about and I've been reading a lot of philosophy recently. And I came across this quote from, from Nietzsche. And I don't know why I keep coming across Nietzsche quotes all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, like certain people well, sort of pop good. into your life. I haven't actually, re- I, maybe a, this is a sign I actually have to read some Nietzsche other than just quotes that other people put in books. But here's a quote. He who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. And, you know, whenever I read anything, I always, like, I'm always reading things through the filter of of parent and teacher, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm always applying, you know, whatever things I'm learning, any wisdom I come across is like, how do I apply this? And this one really hit oh. me because of the current situation. It's beautiful. And... I'll read it one more time. He who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. And so strong. You know, part of what sent us on this journey, this heart and soul journey, where we were interviewing people and asking them, you know, what they believed was in the heart and soul of a teacher was this because of the situation. And it was, you know, it was a it was a necessary situation. But teaching all of a sudden became only about how. Mm-hmm. Because there was this huge yeah. shift, yes, right? There was a huge shift into how we were teaching. And so all of a sudden, new teachers, veteran teachers, you know, mid, you know, career teachers, like everybody, it all became about the how. And I mean, we're talking the Zoom. Yes. That was the huge, right? Yes. Like how, I mean, it was nuts and bolts. It was nothing but. It was but microphones. Ha- yes. And cameras. Mm-hmm. There was no humanity in that. It was how to do it. Yep. And yeah. How embarrassing it every would be blog if we post can. was, you know, five ways, you know, how to do this, you know, how to use this tool, how to yep. use that tool, how to make the most of this, how to make the most of that. Um, and you know, we, uh, we teachers are a sturdy lot, right? I mean, we are a, <laughs> we're, um, we're, we are true soldiers, tough. right? I mean, we really are frontline, um, uh, hardworking, just salt of the earth. We're not, it's not glamorous. We're not getting paid a time. No. I mean, we have a nice salary, but we're not getting paid, paid oodles of money. No. Yeah. And, um, it's gritty work. It is. It's gritty and, um, it can be very depleting. Yeah. And, um, when you have those bad days, it can be like, why am I here? Right. And then, then the why comes. Yeah. And we start, you know, I know collectively, Matt and I, we just try not to fall apart on the same day kind of our motto for our family. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I can fall apart. That's fine. But Matt cannot that day. And then if Matt, Matt hardly falls apart, but if Matt's feeling down, I should say, I'm really hopefully good at, I'm in an up day. I just bottle things up. Really yeah. I'm really good at <laughs> suppression. And, um, but I, you know, I, I bought this journal and I've been journaling cause I need to come back to my why. Mm-hmm. And I started with like, I actually have a little list. I did. I said, what do I want? So like when I teach, what do I want or what do I need? And I wrote down these things. Um, first one's kind of selfish. I want to have fun teaching. I want to have fun. Yeah. I want kids to feel better after leaving my class. 
Mm-hmm. So they come in, and I want them, when after they leave, they must feel better. Okay. Um, I want them to talk. I want them to connect. I want kids to grow. I want kids to learn about themselves. I want them to laugh, and I want them to smile. Are you sure Ted Lasso didn't write that list? Yay! Those sound like Ted See? Lasso. Lori <laughs> I think, Jones! I think Ted Lasso wrote that list. Now, and I wrote that before, well, I guess we were watching Ted Lasso, but I didn't yeah. steal it. Um, and Lori definitely has some... Ted Lasso qualities. But, uh, you know, and part of mine is a selfish, it's a selfish list because I wrote, if I'm bored, they're bored. And there have been some moments in distance learning where I, I'm bored. And I usually, I am never a clock watcher. I'm usually like, oh no, two minutes left. I want to do this. Let's play. You know, I want more time with the kids, not less. There's been days distance learning. I'm like, please, God, let the bell ring. This is awful. Because I'm, I'm missing some of these things, right? I'm not seeing their smiles. I'm yeah. not hearing their voices. I'm not connecting. Yeah. And, you know, and, and like that list that you made, how long is it, teachers, how long has it been since you've made a list like that? How long has it been since you thought about why you got into this profession? And, you know, it's part of our credentialing program or, you know, we, we write a philosophy of teaching or why do we want to do this? And, mm-hmm. you know, but, but it's often not something that we revisit, and we kind of just get into the groove of what we're doing and it's, it's in there. Mm-hmm. It's always a part of us. But one of the things that I've been learning and trying to incorporate into my life is I'm reading, um, you know, philosophy and, you know, it, if you don't want to read philosophy, there was another, we're given, this is like the podcast um, suggestion show, mm-hmm. um, the happiness lab. The happiness lab is a pretty, I, I like that podcast. And, um, I'm, I'm terrible with names. I don't know why I can't remember any names. Uh, I can't remember the, the, the host of the show is, I believe a professor at Yale. Yeah. Psychology, maybe. I don't remember the name. They just put in happiness lab. Yeah. The happiness lab. It's a pretty, it's a big one. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a pretty big one. It's one of those that like at the end of the show, um, like a million people are involved, like produced by a bunch of names. It sounds Um, it. It's polished. Yeah. And, uh, she did a, her, I think the current season, she did a series of, uh, episodes where she talks about like ancient thinkers mm-hmm. and, uh, we listened with, there's uh, Aristotle, I thought was a great one. We listened to Epictetus, who was a Stoic philosopher. Yeah. Um, we listened to Plato. Uh, she did one on, I think Buddha. Mm-hmm. Um, she makes it very accessible. Very, and, and then she brings in for, uh, the ones that we listen to. Uh, well, for the Epictetus one, she brings in Bill Irvine, who I've read a couple of Bill Irvine books. Mm-hmm. He, he's written a couple of Stoic books that I like. Uh, the Stoic Challenge is a recent one, and he also writes, he wrote uh, The Guide to the Good Life, maybe, I think is the title of that first one I read. And then um, for the Aristotle and Plato, she brings in a colleague from Yale, and she's fantastic because she teaches some classes on yeah. basically taking these, mm-hmm. you know, ancient philosophies and she makes them very, I'd love to be in her class. Yeah. Uh, just really fun stuff. But what these ancient philosophers and, and really ancient peoples really before they got, you know, we got distracted to death. They, they made their lists and they thought about them every single day. Yeah. Right. They had like Lori just, you know, showed, uh, shared her list with, uh, with us. They had that list. And they had their, you know, they might have called them values or principles or mm-hmm. virtues, those guiding principles. 
and and they knew them. And if somebody were to stop them on the street and ask them, they would be able to recite them. Mm-hmm. And every single morning, if they were truly a practicing uh, philosopher, and, and philosophy back then was not necessarily what we think of it today. Philosophy today is just you know, smart people in ivory towers talking about, you know, esoteric topics. Mm-hmm. Back then it was like, philosophy was, how do I live the, the good life? Yeah. Right. It was, it was very practical. Yeah, guided your life. It was about your day-to-day. why, you know, what is the good life and then how do I achieve it? Mm-hmm. And they, they thought about the, the values that were going to, you know, guide their life. They got up every morning and they thought about those things and they went out there and they lived them. And then they came home and they reflected on those things. Yeah. How did I do today? How did I do today in pursuing and yep. living the good life? How did I do today on living my values? Yeah. And you want to kind of grade yourself. Yeah. And so now I'm coming back as a teacher and I'm thinking, when was the last time that I thought about why I teach? Yeah. And I think right now, because we have been bombarded with how to teach. Yeah. And, and just like, just like soldiers on the front line who in the, in a long, long battle, battle fatigue, they need that stirring speech from Patton, right? They need to be reminded of why, why we're here, what we're doing this for. Yes. And, you know, if, if, you know, I know the administrators are trying their hardest to remind us of that, but we all need it. We all yeah. need to be our own patent, right? Mm-hmm. We all need to be our own, um, you know, uh, just Cause moral Because it's different. We yeah. have different whys. We do. And we really do. And, uh, and none are, are better or stronger than the others. And it's deep reflective practice because if we don't, this is getting dangerous. For, for our, yes. our, um, our energy and our overall attitude, and, and we've just got to go back to it. And I, when, I, when I look at this list, you know, you remind me talking about professors. Um, I think I've mentioned it before when I was a teenager. I read the book Love by Leo Buscaglia, who was a professor at USC. And he taught the most popular class there. It was called Love. Mm-hmm. And mom read a lot of self-help books or these types of, you know, memoirs. And she let me read it. And I read it probably, it was probably in junior in high school. And one of the things that stayed with me is he hugged, you know, every student that came to the, to the campus. I mean, came to his door, like mm-hmm. he greeted them and hugged them. Yeah. And, um, would, uh, would students that were not in his class just come by for a hug? Well, I think so. <laughs> and people just wanted to be part of this. So his yeah. class became just this huge, he's a big yeah. Italian man, just yeah. very loving. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in high school was tough. We had, you know, my, my parents got divorced when I was sophomore and my dad moved to New Zealand. So I didn't yeah. see my dad for years. And um, I had a drama teacher, Mr. Albus, that was kind of a father figure to me. Um, he didn't hug me at the door, but he, he, he definitely showed that love. Mm-hmm. And I just remember reading that book. I didn't know I wanted to be a teacher then. I did not want to be a teacher then. But I thought, what an amazing job that would be. And, and, um, and I was a hugger for like my friends and the freshmen and, you know, I was very active on campus and, and loving, I guess a loving teenager kind of thing. But I, I craved that. And when I got into teaching and I reread that book, I had, I realized, oh my God, I've actually, I'm living the life I wanted. Yeah. I'm living the life I really wanted when I was such a young girl. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it then. And so that's been moved, you know, we've been enjoying, we love our career, love the kids. And then, and then this happens, Yeah. this pandemic. 
And so it shook me to the core. In fact, my first three, four weeks of lesson plans, you know, out the, everything I did was out the door because it was all about, like I said, we parked our cell phones in the back of the room. We didn't even have a cell phone on us, let alone, I hardly use the Chromebooks. Sorry, everybody yeah. at district no. office. Yeah. You know, you and I both, we, it was really more about connection mm-hmm. and eye contact and mm-hmm. um, I don't know. And so now that you and I are going back to our whys, now the how can come in a little, a little more um, effectively. Yeah. Cause like, how do I get back to this? Yeah. And it means getting rid of some stuff I'm doing. Yeah. I'm dumping some stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm and, and, dumping some stuff. Yeah. And I think the why can be sort of, not only is it a, some that, that something that sort of f- fill your soul again, right. To remind you of why we're doing this and, and to give you that motivation, but I could also relieve stress. Yeah, because it can help sort of it helps you make some decisions. Yeah. And having those guiding principles, having those guiding values, those virtues, whatever you want to call them, when they're front and center, decisions come easier. Yeah. Because you have a very clear framework through which, you know, your 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 decisions get run through. And do they match my values? And uh, am I achieving, am I living my good life? Yeah. My good teacher life. Yeah. Right. Cause that's what we're all seeking is to live the good life. And if we have those guiding principles, then some things that would maybe stress us out, don't stress us out anymore because we can, You're we can, so right. we can let them go. Cause that might be a really cool website. I'm right. not denying that. Right. It, it's amazing. That looks neat. Does it match my value set? Mm-hmm. Does it make them talk more, connect? The, right. Not really. Not really. So and I, I can't use it. So I can let it go. I got to let it go. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't share with us your why, honey. I kind of gave a list of like, <laughs> or at least what I missed right. or what I. So um, as I've been sort of re- rethinking and not, not rethinking, I guess rediscovering is maybe more appropriate. Right. And so these are not new things. They are, these are just things that I'm rediscovering. Like this is, this is why I got into education. Um, so I have always believed that education is a key ingredient to the good life. Right. An educated mind, I think is an incredibly important, valuable part of living your best life. It's vital. So I have always believed in education mm-hmm. in, in personal growth, education in all of its forms. Not just, you know, the, the brick walls of, of the schools that we work at, but the growing of the mind in, in all of its forms. Um, I have also always believed that to live my best life, I need to invest in the growth of the good society. Right? I, I cannot, this cannot be a selfish journey. No. Right? And so I've, I've always known that when... I, and no matter what I'm doing, I have to see the value that I'm giving to other people. And so teaching is a really obvious one, right? Yeah. But it's, it's found in, you know, all the different, I mean, you can find it in business. You know, if, if you are creating value for your customers or a great customer experience or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and those are, those are the, always the best businesses, right? Um, When they start with, what value are we bringing to our customers? Not how much money can we make, right? Oh, Those things yeah. are always a byproduct. Oh, yeah. um, I have always firmly believed that every single child, 
every human being is capable of growth and self-actualization. I don't, Amen. you know, um, I, I know it's easier for some than for others. Yeah. Uh, some have barriers that others mm-hmm. don't. Some have leg ups that others don't, but I, I firmly believe that every single child is capable of, of becoming their best self. Um, and I've always wanted to be a part of that, you know, and helping and pushing yeah. and prodding and goading and, what if and every motivating. Teacher felt that way. Eh, I would hope that at least everyone does when they go into it. I think some become jaded over time, but yeah. you know, they do. And, and that's why, and, and that's why we need these things to sort of keep that from happening. Yeah. Right. There are those teachers that become kind of crusty, right. Over time. And mm-hmm. it, it's, it's understandable. Yeah. Um, and um, I think I think there's a lot of professions like that. I think I think law enforcement is one of those. Law enforcement is a really really challenging, tough profession. Yep. And yep. Because you're constantly having to deal with the worst of society. I know. You know, and know. and to keep that sort of um, in perspective is is challenging. And I I have yep. friends who are in law enforcement, and I've you know we've talked about this topic of how mm-hmm. challenging it is. Um, one more sort of guiding virtue that I'll, I'll share is I have always been such a strong believer in fairness and equality and uh, that everybody deserves an opportunity, right? Everybody yep. deserves a, a, a shot. Everybody mm-hmm. deserves um, my best effort. Every child does. And, uh, I've always been very careful, um, sometimes to my detriment to, to never play favorites, right. You know, and, uh, sometimes I could, I can maybe overthink it and become a little maybe guarded. Uh, but I need to, I need every kid to know that I, I am giving everything to them, just like I'm giving everything to that person and everyone, you know, um, so, so yeah, those are some of my. That's some of my list of whys. Yeah, those are beautiful. And I mean, if you, and if if everyone could come back and do a little meditation on this and reflection and have a list similar, you know, I, I know there's some teachers that the why might be, um, it might be to, you know, it, it expose these kids to beautiful literature yeah, or to, to make them think like a scientist. And so they just want to figure everything out. You know, mm-hmm. these are also beautiful yeah. moments too. You know, on my list, nothing was academic. It doesn't mean I don't don't love escaping into a book and just just crawling around right. in people's beautiful prose and um exposing poetry to, you know, dudes, you know, to the defensive linemen on our varsity football team and having them, yeah, that's cool. You know, like those moments are are weaved in, but I do believe kid first, content second at least for the high school level and at least for the majority of the classes. Yeah. Now when you move up and I did teach AP literature for many years and that's our highest, um, you know, most rigorous class in the English department. So I had kids, you know, you know, that were brilliant and very academically minded. And in that class, you know, it was, it was content was right racing right up there Mm -hmm. with, (laughs) with kid because it was a, it was a, it was a tougher class and we really worked them and they, they didn't like it all the time, but they liked it afterward. And I, I needed to do that. For our, for our remedial classes and our classes that are just kind of the, the average class, um, sometimes I think when we get too content heavy, because 
majority of these kids are not going to be maybe a science major or an English major. I would understand that. Mm-hmm. Trying to get them to like a little, but I, I want them to just like education. Yeah. And I want them to give teachers a chance and this institution a chance. Because some of them have been burned along the way. They've been mm-hmm. wiggly, rascally kids, hate school. They've been suspended. They've been had detention. They just equate school with like a prison. Like this is lame. So we got to kind of get past that first. And if we got into our whys, it's so much easier to do. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, I would encourage everybody, you know, if you, if you haven't thought about it in a while, sit down and write your list. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you teach? I mean, just go, go that broad start there, but just think about, you know, what, what is your philosophy of, of teaching? Just like the ancient philosophers had their philosophy of life, right? They had, these are my guiding uh, virtues, right? Matt. Wisdom. I know what my next list is going to be. What? Why did I become a mom? Like a, a, a parenting. Well, you got pregnant. You didn't have a choice. That's why you became a mom. (laughs) Yeah. Physiologically. Because a child came out of you. I know. Isn't that weird? All of a sudden you were a mom. I know. I guess you were a mom while the child was inside of you too. But I, yeah, it is weird that they were inside of my body <laughs> and they're like walking. I do think it's one of the weirdest things. I know. Like, I can't even like put myself in that situation, like the idea of having like a live yeah. human being. You can't have a baby with Ted Lasso, your, your gay crush. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> oh. But I mean, the why of like, I don't, it just kind of hit me. Sorry I interrupted you. But yeah. I thought the why, why did I become a parent? You know, because we've had our struggles. We continue to have our struggles with the parenting in this pandemic. Yeah. And then sometimes it all just becomes, comes down to like grades and this, and yeah. you know, like yeah. instead of just like, okay, you are a human being. I love you to the core. Yeah. What's all the things I love about you? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, so parent, a parenting why. Yeah. In, uh, it was uh, in Bill Irvine's book, I think it's the the guide to the good life. Um, it was something the the subheading was or subtitle something about stoic joy, but Bill Irvine, very practical, very good book, and he talks about having a philosophy of life, and mm-hmm. how how few people today really really have one, mm-hmm. and and then also how many people are very misguided. They kind of think they have one but it's really they're chasing fame and fortune and what everybody else around them, like they're, they're letting the outside world dictate their philosophy of life. You know, the, the, the whole keeping up with the Joneses sort of, mm-hmm. you've got to have the biggest car, the biggest house and all this kind of stuff and um, eat at the fanciest restaurants, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, he says, you know, there's real danger in not having a philosophy of life and that you are really going to waste the life that you are given. <laughs> And that there really is no chance of living your best life if you don't sit down to really think about what your best life is mm-hmm. and what are those, those virtues that are going to be your guiding principles, your guiding light. And you're going to go out there every day in pursuit of the best life. And, you know, so this is just philosophy, but this is backed up by, you know, a lot of neuroscience and other things. And um, in um, the book Transcendence, um, he talks about how uh, this is not Bill Irvine. Now this is dun, 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 dun. another smart dude. Yeah. It's the guy who has the psychology podcast and uh, I don't know. I'm, this is the, this is not a day for names with okay, me. Honey. I'm blanking on all the names, but anyway, 
um, you know, self-actualization is the idea of, you know, meeting your potential, right? Really becoming your best life, your best self. Transcendence is when you combine that with helping build the best society, mm. right? And, um, but in order to do that, we got to stop and think about. Yeah. We got to stop and think. We got to make our list. Got to stop. We got to we got to look at this list every day, mm -hmm. and maybe that's just a matter of you know because now we're all stuck on our computer screens. Maybe you got to put it on a little sticky and stick it on your computer screen. Yep. So, you know, and every once in a while you glance over at that list. Yeah. And remind yourself of why. Yeah. Why you're a teacher. We're lucky because our profession it's just embedded. Yes. Like we have the chance to elevate society just walking through the door. Yeah. It's part of what we do. Yeah or should be trying to do right making people feel better about themselves yeah and then they will make the people they run into feel better about themselves you know it's right now in the middle of this this is not about pythagorean theorems and the second act of the crucible people it's about connecting with these kids and making them feel loved and like life is not going to be like this forever yeah we got kids that are down kaufman Kaufman oh. wrote the transcendence. Scott Barry is a three name person. Scott yeah. Barry Kaufman, yeah. Barry Scott Kaufman, Kaufman. It's though, a good book. It was the last name. It was fantastic. Yeah, I loved it. It's like a, it's like um, it's, it's like an entire psychology degree in a book. It, it is really fantastic. That would have been a fun degree to get. Psychology. I, I would have philosophy. really liked. Yeah, you know, I took you know, general ed courses in each of those things. But if I had to do it over again. I think I would have pursued one of those or at least minored in one of them. A minor would be fun. I think at the time psychology mm -hmm. as I've wandered into midlife I'm firmly there. Mm -hmm. Uh philosophy has become something more that I'm I'm reading more and more interested yeah. of. But, yep. Yeah. Awesome. No, but I'm not going back to school. Mid you <laughs> you are in school. I You're am done. Self I'm done with the self-education, self-teaching. That's right. So, so why do you teach? Okay. So that's the homework, everybody. Yeah. Make your list. Make your list and put it somewhere that you're going to look at it every single day, whether that's mm -hmm. at home before you head out the door, or maybe you're teaching from home or it's on your computer screen or on mm -hmm. your desk or spend some time every day before you start teaching, reminding yourself of why you do this. And then... Get yourself a journal. I love my journal. Get yourself a journal. And at the end of every day, spend a little time reflecting on how did you do today? How did you live your why today? Mm -hmm. How did you live your why? Yep. And I think if we all do that and we carry these, 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 uh, these are practices that we should carry with us even once this is all over. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're going to have a little healthier healthier, better life. Mm. I think so. So what do you teach? And just like that, another episode has come to an end. We are so grateful that you took the time to listen and invest in the lives of our teens, the leaders of tomorrow. Please remember to subscribe, review, follow, and spread the word to help us grow the coalition of caring adults needed to help our teens live their best lives. All of the details on how to help and stay connected can be found at teachersavesworld.com. Until next time, let's keep saving the world. One teenager at a time. Well,
beauty of it all. You can stand.